Thank you, CSL family, for allowing me to be here today. I'm honored and I'm super excited. It wasn't that long ago, or at least it doesn't seem that long ago to me, that I walked through those doors and sat in one of these seats that you all are sitting in, and I just felt broken. And at the time, Reverend Kathleen Sibley was here, and she said, you are welcome, just as you are, and just as you are not. And that meant so much to me, because in that moment, all I could see, think about, embody, was everything that I was not. And little by little, I kept coming, and more and more, she shone a flashlight at a truth of who I really was. And that dissipated the darkness that had been inside of me engulfing who I truly am. The thoughts, the emotional states I was constantly stuck in, and the, uh, the experiences that got me there, it all dissipated. And I realized that light she was shining was just her divinity and that we all are divine beings. We are made from source. And with this talk, Stillness Speaks, that's what I hope to shine a light on anybody that may be forgetting who they truly are and leave you with three tools that you can use to keep remembering daily and if you find yourself lost, to shine that light on yourself so you can get back to who you are. Before I dive into this speech though, can I just get a show of hands who here has lived with somebody, whether it be a parent, a sibling, a spouse, whoever, that had annoyed you or caused all right all right so look around look around that's, that's everybody <laughs> that's everybody so I think you'll appreciate this scenario so just imagine you had a long day at work you're coming home and the only thing you could think about is the food that's in the refrigerator that you're gonna eat and this new TV show that's coming on the new season and you're ready. And you get into your house and you open that refrigerator, you grab all your snacks and your drink and you sit down on the couch and let out an audible sigh as your body relaxes. You take out the remote, you turn on the TV and here comes your roommate. What are we watching? And you say, I had a long day. I've been waiting three months for this new season to start. I have another long day tomorrow. I am watching this. If you would like to participate, you can, but I just want to be chill. Roger that, your roommate says. You get through the first five minutes, great. 
and then the first commercial comes on because you still have cable. <laughs> and the commercial goes, the best part of waking up is folges in your cup. And your roommate starts saying, I can't believe Folgers still has the marketing budget to be out here. And you would think after all these years, they would think of a new slogan. But you know, my mom used to drink Folgers every single morning. It was the best part of her waking up because she said I could not speak to her until she had that first cup of coffee, that cigarette, and read her newspaper. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that, that's great. <laughs> that, that's, that's really great. Yeah, it is great. Coffee is actually great. It was so great that I had to stop it because caffeine was giving me the jitters. And I felt like I was having heart palpitations in the shower and I slipped and I was on the ground saying, God, if I could get up out of this shower and not die, I promise I will never drink coffee again. And I never, ever did. And I never did, except for sometimes. But I don't know if God's watchable. Yeah, he, he, she, the universe, whatever is always watching. And I don't know if I'm doing a good job with my life or if I'm doing anything to, to take me from where I'm at right now to where I want to be. I don't think I'm living in my full potential. I don't even know if I'm holy. Oh, man, I wish my mom was here. <laughs> and that goes on. And so the next thing you know, you and your roommate are Googling, is French vanilla really French <laughs> and that's annoying you missed the show you missed your chance to unwind be still and relax it was annoying for me to even portray that <laughs> but I have to say that that is that annoying roommate is inside of each and every one of us. And some of you are laughing, so I know you get it. And some of you might be saying, I don't have a roommate. So I invite you all to just pause and just internally say, hi, I love you. I'm your roommate. And now can I get a show of hands of who heard a voice? All right, okay. And you might say, those are just my thoughts. Okay? My. This is just my hand, right? It's a part of me. If I cut it off, I still exist without it. There's been times where you are not thinking. So if those are your thoughts or my thoughts, who has ownership over those? Who is the one that owns the thoughts? We don't really think about it. <laughs> and then we say, okay, well, they're my thoughts. I control what they are. You know, they don't take me away. It's not a roommate, it's me. Okay, so if me owns the thoughts, that's great. But I just invite you guys to be honest with yourself. In the last year, have you gone driving or reading or even talking to somebody else and found that your thoughts had taken you away? That's scientifically proven. So we are not our thoughts. If we are not our thoughts, then who are we? And that takes me to the first tool. 
is really just a belief shift, a disidentification with your thoughts, with this body. And I think Ernest Holmes, our founder, says it best in his book, This Thing Called You. He describes exactly who we are. He says, if God created you after his own nature, and there's nothing else he could have made you out of, then the thing you are after is already here within you. The only things that stand between you and it are the accumulated thoughts, beliefs, and emotions of the ages. But there is nothing there that was not put there either by yourself or the race. What has been put there can be removed. These unbeliefs are thought patterns laid down throughout the ages, accentuated by our own experience, by your inherited tendencies and environment. There is no use wasting time speculating as to what the avenue it came from. Your job is to reject them. And that is to reject the thoughts, the beliefs. Because our thought patterns usually stem from something. I mean, I've spent time in therapy trying to figure out where my thoughts are leading and why I'm behaving in this way. What Ernest Holmes is saying is all that is great. We all have that. It contributes to our sense of identity, our ego. What a lot of us identify with if we allow our thoughts to be used, or to use us instead of us using our thoughts as the tools that they are. And so the first tool is just to remember that you are that divine spark that animates this body. And each and every one of us has that in us. If God created us, the universe, whoever it is, whatever it is that you believe created us, it could only create us from itself. So a piece of it is in us that is our direct line of communication to it. And we just have to be still, still the thoughts to know, to listen. And when we do that, we live in our intuition. There's no guessing if we're on the right path. Am I doing the right thing? That back and forth battle, because our brain, our thoughts will take either side. <laughs> we can argue with ourselves all day long, probably better than we can argue with anybody else. <laughs> the point here is, it's just to remember that you are that stillness, you are that awareness of the thoughts. I mean, of everything, not just the thoughts, but you are the stillness, you are the awareness, you are that divine spark, you are that divinity, truly. And that brings me to the second tool. And that is be still. And one of the ways to do that is through meditation, to be quiet. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. There are a lot of interpretations as to what that means. One that I found that resonated with me was, be silent and still before the Lord. 
So when you pray and you want an answer, when you feel alone, be still and know that the Lord is there and that he is found always within that stillness or the universe or whatever it is that you call it. From Eastern philosophy, one of my favorite swamis, Swami Satchitananda, says, through silence, you can realize the quiet witness within you. That silence is the spirit or awareness. Your awareness is silent. It never tells you to do anything. It is just simply there watching you, whether you do good or bad, right or wrong. It just witnesses. A witness never gets involved in the case and never joins one of the sides. So right there, that just illuminates the fact that if you're arguing with yourself, you know, that's not your intuition. You know you're not in the seat of consciousness right there. You're not, you're, you're, letting, you're letting the ego use you as a tool instead of you using it as a tool. To cultivate that in our daily lives, did, okay, I thought, it, I thought it went off. To cultivate that in our daily lives, what we can do is meditate and practice mindfulness. Now, meditation doesn't mean you just sit down and you clear all your thoughts, and then if the thoughts come, then you say, wow, thoughts, why are you there? And you keep trying to just not think of anything. In fact, that causes a lot of anxiety for people is just to try to sit in stillness. So what we couldn't do is used what in Eastern philosophy um, is called dhyana, which means focus. So you can pick a point in, in front of you, you, know, you can close your eyes and imagine something in the tip of your head, um, you can say a mantra, an affirmation, you keep saying it, and you, every time your brain wanders, you don't follow it, you bring it right back. In Eastern philosophy, there are eight limbs of yoga, and following Focus is meditation. In fact, when a lot of us try to meditate, we get frustrated because we're not meditating, but it's because we're really supposed to focus until the point it becomes meditation. Meditation is happening when the thoughts are gone, when that mantra drops, when the thing you're looking at ceases to exist to you and you are just in. And that's how you can access your seat of consciousness on a daily basis if you would like. But if you're busy, like most people, and you don't have time to sit down for any period of time, or if you do, your roommate might come, <laughs> the best thing that you can do is practice mindfulness. And it's as simple as when you're walking in nature, just hearing the crunch of the ground beneath you, the air, the birds, and just focusing on that. And when your thoughts come, focus back on your environment. Oh, I'm just washing the dishes. I'm just writing this email. It's just being very present. So that is, that's the second tool. The third tool is when all else fails and you have found that you are going with that mind th stuff. You are a little bit agitated. You're feeling it. Your brain's like, what are you doing? Why are we up here? These people are looking at us. I don't know. And you're like that. And you become aware of it. Okay, that little glimpse of awareness is just your seat of conscious signing a light. And now what you could do to silence your thoughts is control your breath. That's also a limb of yoga. So those Eastern philosophy people had it down when it came to mastering the mind stuff. 
So I'm going to share with you three breaths that I learned recently through a meditation teacher training course I did. The first is tactical breath. And I think you guys will like it because the Navy SEALs use it for when they're in combat. No, I mean, I'm serious. I, I, I didn't believe it, and I, and I Googled it, and I found multiple sources. This is true. And it's a simple breath that is breathe in for four counts through your nose, breathe out for three, four counts through your nose, and just keep doing that. I was a little bit jittery on the way here, and I just kept doing that. It was the first time I tried it, and it actually worked. Second is one I do daily. It's called Aloma Veloma. It's basically just alternate nostril breathing. You can do this for five minutes. You breathe in, out, in, out. And if you get more advanced, you can breathe in, hold, then breathe out and breathe in. That definitely quiets the mind. <laughs> better than anything I found. Another one is funny. I laughed the first couple times I did it, but now I also switch that up when I don't have enough time to do the Loma Baloma, and it's something called bumblebee breath. So this is what you do. You're going to stick your fingers in your ears like this. Your pointer fingers are going to cross your eyes. Your middle fingers are going to come over your nose, and then these remaining fingers go like this. You breathe in through your nose, and then you put the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth and you just hum out. So it'd be like, mm, and it looks weird. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are doing it. I can hear the humming. <laughs> but the more you do it, the more you realize it's like a sound bath in your head. I don't know if anybody's ever gone to a sound healing. Those are great. Those You get up and you're like, oh, was I in a trance? That's what that will do. And it's really good to quiet the mind. So I hope, just to recap, there's three tools. First tool is to remember exactly who you are. The second tool is to practice stillness so you can live in that seat of consciousness more. The third and final tool is when all else is failing, breathe. So I hope you guys today can be still and remember who you are. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh.